It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it through the weekend. I hope you did too. Well, if you're listening, you probably did. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio on this Monday. It is February 26th. This is leap year. It always confuses me because... Wednesday's the 28th. Thursday's supposed to be March 1st, but it's not. I don't know. So confusing. So it is February 26th. This is one of two shows this week for me. I'm going to be leaving tomorrow right after the show to head to Nashville. Bellarmine taking on Lipscomb on Wednesday. Then they go to Clarksville, Tennessee on Friday to take on Austin P. So uh, only two shows this week, unless I can get somebody to fill in for me. I'll try. I won't try hard, but I'll try. Eminem Cartage Hotline's open, 384-1450, 384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line, full disclosure, I don't have access to it. Now, Gary might. I don't know. Gary, do you have access to the No, I'm sorry, I don't. So you can text the show, but I won't read it till tomorrow. 414-1450 is the number. Sponsored by Thornton's. This is something you can do. Stop by Thornton's. Go ahead, Gary. I was getting ready to say maybe Mike will read it this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. He he, he also reads a text from uh, other shows. He on likes his to show. do that. Yeah, you he know, does. I don't do that. I read a text, and if I know it's not my show, I go, okay, I'm going to pass on that one. Um, but you can text the text the text line if you'd like, 414-1450. What you can do is stop by Thornton's on a beautiful day, Chamber of Commerce Day out there. I got the window, I got the shades open in here today so I can see. It's gorgeous. Golf weather. Then run by Thornton's. Pick up your 32-ounce or smaller fountain drink, only 89 cents. That's right, 89 cents. Come in today. Grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Hit me up if you'd like on the Thornton's text line. I'm not ignoring you. I will read it, but I probably will not read it until tomorrow's show. Uh, I had a great weekend. Three for three. I hope you did too. Thursday, Bellarmine won. Saturday, St. X beat North Oldham in uh, on senior night. And then Saturday, great game. Bellarmine beats North Alabama 82-70. They're still alive for a spot in the A-Sun tournament. It is a long shot, to say the least, but the Knights are still alive. And that's really all you can ask for uh, when you start the season with six wins out of 23 games. They're Eight and twenty-one now. They will play, as I mentioned, at Lipscomb on Wednesday. Now you got to win them both if you're Bellarmine. Got to win them both, and you need help. You play at Lipscomb on uh, Wednesday, and then you play at Austin P on Friday. Two teams that beat you in Freedom Hall. Um, Lipscomb's eighteen and eleven overall. Austin P's fifteen and fourteen. Here's the bottom line. The Knights have four wins in conference, four and ten. Central Arkansas and Jacksonville have five. Central Arkansas only has one game left. That is Friday at home against North Alabama. The Knights need North Alabama to win that game. Jacksonville has two games left. Jacksonville is only one game ahead of Bellarmine. They have two difficult games against Stetson, who's second in the league, and against Florida Gulf Coast, both of those games are at home for Jacksonville. 
So the Knights got to win two, need Jacksonville to lose one out of two, and need Central Arkansas to lose or Queens lose two or Kennesaw lose two. A lot has to happen for Bellarmine to get into the tournament. But it was a great weekend for me. Senior day at Bellarmine as well. As they uh, say goodbye to three players, four, five players, one of which is probably going to come back in a COVID year, the extra COVID year, and two managers. It was fun. And a great crowd out at Freedom Hall Saturday. Thank you if you showed up. The system was 7-4 and four this weekend. Five and four on Saturday, two and zero oh on Sunday. It continues to impress most of the year. Not not every week, but most of the year. One system game tonight, and I like it a lot. Baylor is at TCU. Baylor's ranked eleventh in the country, at least right now they are. They'll still be ranked when the when the uh, new rankings come out later today. TCU is nineteen and eight. Both teams, matter of fact, are nineteen and eight. TCU at home is a two-and-a-half-point favorite over 11th-ranked Baylor. Baylor is coming off a home loss in overtime to Houston on Saturday. It is a quick turnaround for Baylor, who now goes on the road to take on a good TCU team. That is why TCU is favored. Vegas knows what they're doing, and I love TCU tonight. We talked about this last week, Friday. Scooter was all over we didn't understand why Duke was an underdog to Wake Forest. Wake Forest had not beaten Duke in 25 meetings. And guess what? Wake Forest was a three-point favorite. They win by four. Vegas builds another hotel and casino. It's just the way it is. The problem with that game was the court storming at the end, and that's what I have to start with today. Court storming has to stop. unless somebody gets serious about it, it's not going to stop. You win, you upset a team, or you beat them for the first time in forever, your students are going to storm the court, especially if it's a full house like it was at Wake Forest on Saturday. They win the game late, take the lead late, hit a couple free throws to ice it, and Kyle Filipowski, the Duke forward, gets injured in the court storming. John Shire, the head coach of the Blue Devils, said after the game it was an ankle. We've since learned it's a knee. We don't know how serious yet. Duke is scheduled to host Louisville this week. I don't have an answer. I wish I did. It's easy to say, well, you know, in football, the SEC, if you storm the field, they fine you. Those students don't care. Students don't care about a fine. If Kentucky beats Georgia or Alabama at home in football or another big upset occurs in the SEC, they're going to storm the field. That's what they do. They're young. They're energetic. They probably had a few libations during the game, and they are going to storm the court or the field. There's a lot more room on a football field to uh, run out there. You can avoid people. You can avoid getting run over. Basketball court, when everybody comes out of the stands, there's not a lot of room. There's not a lot of room. And student at, students are not going to care about a fine. Students will care if they get in trouble. If they get in trouble. But you can't put – you can, but you, you're not going to put, you know, heavily armed policemen around the court at the end of a game. 
Because what happens when the first policeman takes out a billy club and belts a student in the forehead who's running out onto the court and knocks him into a coma? What's going to happen then? Now, you can say, well, that'll uh, stop them from storming the court. Well, they're also going to get sued, and probably they're going to lose that lawsuit. But you can't do it. They're kids. You, you, you just can't do it. Security has to be better. And there are different elements to court storming. If a guy hits a three at the buzzer, what do you do? Because it's so quick, you almost can't get your security personnel in the right place quick enough. This game was decided. It was a two-point lead for Wake Forest with half a second left, and they had two free throws. They made them both. Duke had to throw it in bounds. There was time. Now, what a lot of – I've seen – I've been at places where a lot of schools have the rope where you have 10 or 12 security personnel on a rope, and they, as soon as the game ends, they run that rope down the side of the court where the benches are on, and the players are safe because of that rope and, and the security guards holding on to it. Don't run on the other side of this rope. Have fun on the court, but we are protecting not only the visiting team, but we're, we're protecting our team too. Wake Forest guy could have got injured just as easily as uh, Filipowski the other day. And that's great when you can do that. Here's the problem. Filipowski was on the other side of the court from the benches when the game ended. He had no time. He was trying to get over to the bench. He had no time. You have kids wanting to film as they're running onto the court. They got their phones out. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to put this on TikTok. This is my perspective of the court storming when we beat Duke. And I'm going to get 10,000 likes on TikTok. And they're not watching where they're going. From the above angle, one student is taunting Filipowski as he's running onto the court with his camera in his face. And another guy runs into Filipowski, and immediately you see him reach for his leg. He is helped off the court through the tunnel with uh, somebody under each arm helping him off the court. Here's what's going to happen. Somebody's going to seriously get hurt in one of these court storms. That's when change occurs. I've said this before. This is when change occurs. We'll see what happens next year for the Super Bowl winner's parade. Now, this could have happened anywhere. This was a... Domestic violence thing, I don't think, you know, it's, every situation's different. I understand that. But if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl again next year, what kind of parade do they have? It'll be different. Why? Because there, was a, there were 19 people injured. There was fatality at the end of the parade. And that's what it takes for change to occur. Next year? Let's say the Chiefs win the Super Bowl again. I will, I would bet money that the parade will not be a parade. It will be a celebration in Arrowhead Stadium, and you can buy it if you're one of the lucky 
60000 you can buy a ticket to the celebration. Maybe a free ticket. Maybe they give away tickets. But you're going to be scanned when you go into that stadium, just like you're going in for a regular season football game. You're going to have to go through metal detectors. You're going to have to show your ticket. And you're going to be seated in a, uh, in a seat in the stadium. When Dale Earnhardt ran into the wall and died at Daytona, all of a sudden there were more safety precautions put into these vehicles, more padding put onto the walls. Something bad has to happen for change to take effect. You can find these schools all you want. You can find them all they want. They don't want to be fined. At the end of the Kansas-Kansas State game, at the end of the Kansas-Kansas State basketball game this season, Kansas State, at the end of the game, under 30 seconds, there was a timeout, and one of the coaches was telling the students, do not come on the floor when this game ends. Do not come on the floor. And they didn't. They were going to. They were lined up. Kansas State's different because one side of the, and I've been there this year, one side of the arena, lower level, is all students from end zone to end zone. They were going to, it's the opposite side of the benches. They were going to come onto the floor. He said, don't do it. Please don't do it. And they didn't. And the players and the coaches went into the stands when the game was over and celebrated with the student body. That's one way to stop this. Have your coach make an announcement. Now, it's hard to do on a buzzer beater. I understand that. It's nearly impossible to do on a buzzer beater. But these kids want to see themselves on Sports Center. They want to see themselves running onto the court on various TikToks. Hey, let's here's my view. Hey, let's see what Jimmy, Jimmy Lipper's view was. Let's see what uh, Veronica's view was. TikTok. Instagram, whatever it is, they want to see themselves. Sports Center, Sports Center shows that that's part of Sports Center, the storm, the court storm. That's part of it. If Filipowski had not gotten hurt, they still were going to show the court storm at Wake Forest. By the way, Wake Forest was favored. You stormed the court in a game you won. You were favored in. Maybe they were all excited because they all made money. They covered. Maybe that's it. They covered. But these kids want to see themselves on social media platforms. They want to see themselves on SportsCenter. And ESPN obliges. Just watch. Two weeks from now, NCAA conference tournaments will begin in earnest. Actually, a week from now, I take it back, a week from now, the smaller NCAA conferences will have their conference tournaments. And if a team that wins the conference tournament storms the court, because most of these teams haven't been to the tournament in a while. I don't know who's going to win the A-Sun tournament. Eastern Kentucky will be the number one seed, and they will be playing all their games in Richmond at home. They should. They've earned it. They won the regular season title. If they win the conference tournament, 
their students will storm the court. And guess what? It'll be on ESPN. They will show it right after the game. They will show it on SportsCenter. And until they stop doing that, these kids are going to keep doing it. And I think they're going to keep doing it anyway because of social media. They can be seen on social media. So I don't know the answer. Coaches do the best they can to try to protect their players. Filipowski had no chance to get back to his bench before they stormed the court on Saturday. He had no chance. He tried. He got about halfway before he got knocked over or knocked into. And had he fallen, by the way, it, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. He could have gotten trampled. Will he play against Louisville? I don't know. Haven't heard a whole lot. Shire thought it was an ankle. Later we hear it's a knee. I mean, it doesn't matter. Louisville's going to Cameron. They're not going to win like they did a couple years ago. They're not going to win there. And again, I don't know the answer, but somebody's got to get together and find an answer. They do. They do. You can't have security guards punching kids. You can't have that or billy clubbing them. You can't you can't do that. Fines do not do not uh deter these kids from running on the court. I did hear somebody say, "You know what? Make an announcement. If you storm the court, we forfeit the game even though we won the game." We can't do that because I'm going to go to a Louisville game on the road wearing Duke paraphernalia, and I'm going to rush the court when Duke beats them, even though I'm pulling for Louisville. You know, you can't do that. People will find a way around it if you decide to forfeit a game. And that also wouldn't be fair to the kids who just won the game. So I don't know the answer, but they got to fix something. All right, we'll uh, talk about Kentucky's win. Boy, I didn't hear any cow bashers on Saturday. Indiana's loss and some news and notes as well. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio on this Monday. Eminem Cartage hotline's open 384-1450 to join in on the conversation. 384-1450. Gary, if you get a text, you just yell into my ear with it. I mean, a call. <laughs> You can just yell into my ear. We, well, okay. I can't do ESPN through the wall here. It's concrete. I can't see. I don't know what's going on over there. You might be, uh, I don't know, maybe you're having a, a Taco Bell mid-morning breakfast or something. It's a little too early for that. It's always too early for that, let me tell you. <laughs> Not at 3, well, 3 a.m. <laughs> That's way too early. <laughs> way too late and way too early. Uh, so you can call the uh, – Eminem Cartage Hotline 384-1450. If you'd like to add your two cents, what do you do to stop people from storming the court? I don't know the answer. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 414-1450. I just can't read the text, so we'll we'll fix it. Scooter and I will fix it tomorrow. Uh, some news and notes to get to here. I watched Oppenheimer last night. Uh, three hours, three solid hours of Christopher Nolan's epic Oppenheimer about the inventor of the atomic bomb. Did those three hours just fly by? You know, it was a good movie. Have you seen it? 
I have not, no. Uh, I had to find three hours. That was the problem. Where where can I find three hours? And I decided, well, okay, Sunday night, the wife is tired. She's going to sleep. I'm, you know, I got three hours to kill. I'm not going to watch NBA. Uh, I usually would watch NBA games, but I didn't last night. So I'm going to sit down and watch this movie. It's up for an Academy Award, more than one Academy Award. It was really good. Cillian, I guess I'll have to give it a look. Yeah, Cillian Murphy's really good as uh, as J. Robert Oppenheimer. Robert Downey, to me, is the star of the movie. Um, Any good car chases? No, no car chases. Okay. We had some Jeeps, some uh, you know military Jeeps back in the back in the day. Um, but how what they did, how they worked to beat the Germans and the Russians to be able to drop the bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. It's really interesting. And the, the moral dilemma that Oppenheimer had to go through building a bomb that is going to kill so many innocent people was, it was, it was, it's interesting. But Robert Downey Jr. as Louis Strauss, uh, Tom Conti as Albert Einstein. Didn't see that one coming. Emily Blunt was great as she is in everything. She played uh, Oppenheimer's wife. She was fantastic. There's a lot of Matt Damon's good, and he's always good. But, uh, yeah, it was good. It, it was one of those, okay, we're opening on uh, a hearing, and then we go back in time and see what really happened. And, this, you know, he actually I had to end up defending himself uh, from being a communist sympathizer, um, I guess, during the McCarthy thing. So um, it was good. It was good. I would recommend it, but man, you got to three hours a long time. It is hard to find three hours. Who's streaming it? Uh, Peacock. Okay. I got Peacock. It's on Peacock. David's David's on the line too, by the way. Okay. Let's go to David. Let's go right to the M&M Cartage hotline. David, how are you today, brother? Uh, Yeah. Thanks for taking a call, John. I tell you, over the weekend, I tell you, very impressed with what Kentucky did over Alabama after, you know, losing to LSU by one. Yeah, you know that that uh, that because uh, I I thought you know Alabama being in the ranking that they were you know just so much more you know polished and Kentucky up and down you just never know how it's going to turn out but whatever Kentucky did the offense was really oh. just 117 just rolling 117 yeah 117 yeah and um, the only thing yeah the only thing I, I have to be concerned about though is their defense because. They still gave up 95 to Alabama, though. They I mean, did. they just had to keep that offense going and they, not they, let up. They still but. gave up 56.7% shooting. They still gave yes. up 95 points. Um, yeah, that is very concerning because you're not going to score 100 every time out. You're just not. No, you're not. Um, Justin Edwards was unbelievable. Uh, that's the first time we've said that this year. 10 for 10 yeah. from the field. That's the best in the Calipari era. And Z, you know, Z from, was it uh, Serbia or wherever he's Big from? Z had 18 and, 18 and 5. And he looked like he was having fun out there, too. I'll say that. And like the Georgia game, whatever he did in the Georgia game, that yeah. was the Z, you know, he wanted to see. And we saw that and a little bit more. You know, he had a couple block shots, but he doesn't play defense either. He's just a little slow yeah. defensively. Um, but the behind-the-back pass that Thierro missed the dunk was uh, – that was raise the roof stuff. If the arrow throws that dunk down, it was a great pass. The kid is, uh, he's a, he's very seasoned offensively. I think he's really right. good offensively. He knows, 
where to set the screens. He knows where his teammates need to receive the ball from him. And obviously he can shoot when he gets uh, when he's uh, alone anywhere, 12 feet or three-point or uh, yep. obviously down low he can dunk it. He's fun to watch. <laughs> it's yeah, I, I don't. And I guess I don't know how much you rely on him in the postseason, really but he's fun to half court. He just can't use Z. Yeah. those things, right? Well, Z got all the minutes though, and Yenso uh, didn't get a lot of minutes. Bradshaw still Bradshaw, so Z got a right. lot of minutes the other night. But uh, thank you, David. I appreciate the call as always. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about that game since David brought it up. One seventeen to ninety five was the final. Here's the important part of that: it's a quad one win. And I think Kentucky was two and five, or I had to look that up. I think they were two and five in quad one games. That's a quad one win, and that's a big win. I don't understand why Alabama is so high in the net ratings. They struggle on the road, uh, but it is a formula, and they are top. They were top five coming in uh, to the game in the uh, net rankings, uh, maybe six, but they were they were in the top ten for sure. That's a great win, and Justin Edwards. 28 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 10 of 10 field goals, 4 for 4 from deep, and 4 of 5 at the free throw line. That would be my first question. What happened at the free throw line? Uh, Kentucky is now up to 19th in the net rankings. Let me see. That was Sunday. Let's see if it changed today because there were some games yesterday. Uh, No, they're still 19th. In the uh, net rankings, Alabama is sixth. They dropped from fifth to sixth after the game. So it's a quad one win, which is important. They still didn't have Trey Mitchell. Um, Hopefully he'll be back. I don't think we've been given a timeline on his return, uh, basically day-to-day, just like everybody else in the world. And the Cal Bashers are not around right now. They're not around. They, they showed their... They uh, showed their bad side after the LSU loss. They were really critical after the home losses, Gonzaga, Florida, Tennessee. And I get it. You, you want a title. You're a Kentucky fan. You're tired of hearing about billion dollars worth of players in the NBA. I get it. You're tired of hearing that and losing to St. Peter's in the first round, Right? And losing to Kansas State in the tournament. You're tired. You don't, you know, give me a Final Four. He's got a lot of Final Fours, but none. What have you done for me lately? Antonio Reeves had 24. Big Z, I mentioned 18 and 5. He was 7 of 11 from the field. Dillingham, 16 off the bench. Thierro had another solid game. Boy, he's getting better and better. Adu Thierro had 12 points. Reed Shepard continues to fill up the stat sheet. And I love that he doesn't care if he scores. He does not care. Eight points, six rebounds, six assists, four more steals. DJ Wagner struggled again. He had four points, four assists, one of seven from the field. He, uh, They got to get him playing better. And if he's not playing defense, then I don't know if, if you know, Obviously, they love Shepard and Dillingham coming off the bench. It's a jolt of energy. The, the crowd at home games, anyway, gets fired up when they see those two guys get up off the bench with whatever it is, 17 minutes, 16 minutes to play in the first half, depending on how the other guys are playing. Wagner was one of seven. He missed all four three-point attempts, only played 24 minutes. 
three fouls, two turnovers. Um, he's got to be better. And I don't know if he's still na- got nagging with that injury or not, but uh, he's got to be better. UK shot 63.1%. You cannot rely on that. If they do that, they're going to win the title. I just plain and simple. If you shoot 60%, you're going to win the title if you're Kentucky because you're going to score a lot of points because you get a lot of shots up. You get a lot of shots up. Kentucky took 65 field goal attempts on Saturday in a 40-minute game. Florida, I mean, Alabama took 60. Cats were 13 of 24 from deep, 22 of 26 at the line. They got out-rebounded by only two, and I've said this a number of times. They're going to get out-rebounded. Just keep it close. Uh, And only 10 turnovers again. It's a team that does not turn the ball over. Now you go to here, and here we are again. This is where we were last week when they went to LSU. Prove it on the road. You go to Mississippi State here. They're 19-8. and eight. It's a good Mississippi State team. And guess what? You're not scoring 117 against Mississippi State. They will get after you on the defensive end. Tuesday, 7 o'clock, ESPN. Big game for uh, Kentucky. Big game for Mississippi State. Right? They're not in the tournament yet. You got two home games coming up after Mississippi State, Arkansas and Vanderbilt. You're going to be prohibitive favorites in both of those games. Beat a decent team on the road. It's not a great team. It's a decent team. You beat Auburn on the road. And in the, probably the most hostile environment you're going to see all year long. You went in and beat Auburn by double digits. And the LSU game, brain fart in the early second half. You had a 16-point lead early in the second half. And you let it slip away and let them back in the game. Great teams don't do that. You can sit here all you want and say, LSU got lucky at the end of the game to we blocked the shot, played good defense. They just had two-tenths of a second too much left to, for that miracle putback. But it, but they were in the game. You let them back in the game. You allowed them to get to that point in the game. You can't do that against Mississippi State. Go out, take them out early, score early, play a little bit of defense. Mississippi State is not an offensive juggernaut like Alabama was. They want to win this game 60 to 59, 64 to 60. If Kentucky scores 80, they win the game. Because Mississippi State ain't scoring 80. But Mississippi State ain't giving up 80 either. They sure ain't giving up 100. And they're probably not going to give up 80. I talked about the cards. They had a week off. It's a break for Kenny Payne. Because they didn't lose. He didn't have to hear it. They will play Wednesday at Duke. I don't have a spread yet. Uh, Filipowski, I mentioned that earlier. I don't know if he'll play. I don't know if he has to play. Um, But that's, you know, Duke losing to Wake Forest. I've said all year long, I'm not a big believer in the Blue Devils. I'm not. 
I think they've gotten better as the year's gone along. Their young guys have uh, become really good players. We know what Filipowski can do. Um, let's see. Jared McClain, McCain, the freshman, is now averaging 13.5 points. Mark Mitchell averaging almost 13. Proctor's been great lately. He's averaging 10. Jeremy Roach is a veteran. So they got a couple of veterans there, some young talent. But you know what? Coach K is not walking through that door. I'm not a big believer in Duke, and I'm not a big believer in John Shire either. All right, we'll take a break, come back, talk about Indiana's loss over the weekend, some news and notes, and we'll check on uh, all the college basketball happenings, including more Rick Pitino talk. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio, final segment on this Monday. M&M Cartage Hotline's open, 384-1450, 384-1450, if you'd like to add to the conversation. That's the only way to get a hold of me today because the M&M Cartage, or the, uh, excuse me, the Thornton's text line, I'm, it's malfunctioning on my end. So uh, you can text, it'll go through, I just can't get it, and I'll, uh, I'll review those tomorrow. Uh, 414-1450 is that number in the Thornton's text line. All right, some news and notes here. The NCAA basketball, the NCAA is considering talking about moving the uh, March Madness from 68 teams to 96. Whew. Seems like too many to me. It just seems like 96 is too many. When we get 68 and when you watch those games, and I'm not talking about the small conference champions who only get one bid and they play in Dayton, and they play in that play-in game. I'm not talking about those teams. I'm talking about the other teams, where it's Maryland against uh, Kansas State. Not this year, but in, in years past. USC against, um, let's see, USC against Iowa State. Iowa State's really good this year, so that won't they won't be playing in Dayton. Those teams aren't good enough to be in the tournament. I think VCU one year did play in the playing game and got to the final four Virginia Commonwealth. But for the most part, those teams aren't going anywhere. And now we're going to add 28 more teams. We're going to add 28 more teams. Okay. What's the NIT do? Well, the NIT, nobody cares right now. They're going to care even less. The NIT is not even getting those 28 teams now. And you know they're going to be power conference teams. I mean, let's don't kid ourselves. The Northeast Conference isn't getting another team in. The Atlantic Sun isn't getting another team in. Right? Let's, let's don't be hypocritical here. Oh, well, we're doing it to allow these. No, that's not what we're doing. Instead of 12 SEC teams or eight SEC teams, there'll be 12. Instead of nine Big 12 teams, there'll be 12. Instead of eight ACC teams, there'll be 11. Let's don't, you know, why don't you just let everybody in the power conferences in? If you're going to do that, that seems like where we're headed. I think it's crazy. 
Uh, did you see the whiteout in the Madison Square Garden yesterday? I don't know what's worse. The see-through Major League uniforms or Rick Pitino wearing the uh, white suit yesterday. Yikes. Yikes. He didn't wear the tie last, yesterday. He just had the shirt, the sport coat, the white shoes, the white pants. St. John's, by the way, beat Creighton. I got a great stat for you. And I credit this to uh, The Athletic. Only, now you got to follow along here. This is sort of, uh, it's a long explanation. Only two Division I teams in this century, that means since 2000, have beaten an AP number one team by 15 or more points, only to lose to an unranked team the next game by 10 or more points. And it happened both times this year. Nebraska beat Purdue by 15 or more and then lost by 10 or more to Iowa. And Creighton beat UConn, who was number one at the time, and then lost to St. John's by more than 10. Had not happened in this century until this year. And that just speaks to the parity that is college basketball this season. Great stat. But congratulations to Patino. He said he's trying to get his players' attention when he went on his rant. I guess it worked. I guess it worked. They are 16-12 and 12 now, 44th in the net ranking. Will Rick Patino take his fifth team to the tournament? Because that's a, that's a big win. That's a quad one win. They're 40, they moved up five spots in the, uh, in the net rankings. Couple more wins here and there. St. John's out of the Big East. Might make it in. All right, some NFL news. Peter King's retiring. Monday morning quarterback. If you're an NFL fan, and I am, I've read Peter King for years. I think he's great. Uh, he has been around the league for 40 years. He is calling it quits. He is not going to write anymore, which is a sad day for people who like to read really good stuff. But uh, congrats to Peter King. The Bengals have franchise-tagged wide receiver T. Higgins. He will get one year $21.8 million. That is the going rate for a, a franchise tag wide receiver. He would have been a free agent. He and the Bengals cannot haven't been able to come to terms. Uh, so they franchised him. They, don't, they didn't have to franchise Burrow. They didn't have to franchise Jamar Chase. Now, they may have to do that next year with one of those guys. But this year, T. Higgins, who wanted more money, is going to get $21.8 million for one season. Uh, unless these two teams can come to an agreement by July 15th. They can still negotiate until July 15th. That's probably not going to happen. The Bengals are taking a $46 million cap hit just on Joe Burrow's contract. Remember, he signed for $275 million uh, for five years. So going to be tough for them to come together and have enough money to pay T Higgins what he actually wants. So they'll franchise him. Good move. I think from Cincinnati, keep that core group on the offense together. Uh, the combine starts this week, later this week, players and uh, coaches and GMs and executive personnel all showing up uh, for the combine in Indianapolis, the NFL combine, the NFL is never out of the news. They do everything right to stay in the news, whether it's combine, draft, OTAs, whatever it is, the NFL keeps 
you interested in the NFL even when there aren't games going on. So that's a little news and notes. All right, Penn State 83, Indiana 74. It's over, Alice. That's all I can say about it. It's over. Indiana's 14 and 13 now, 6 and 10 in the conference. They've lost four straight. They're 108 in the net rankings. Um, I, I did I said, said this many times. I didn't think it was going to be a better year than last year. I did watch a little of the uh, – before I watched Oppenheimer last night, I watched a little bit of the Denver-Golden State game. Trace Jackson Davis is an impact player for Golden State. He is off the bench. They lost, but he is an NBA player. No question about it. Uh, there was some questions because he wasn't a great shooter. Could he play at the next level? He can play at the next level. But when they lost Jackson Davis and Jalen hood Shafino. There is no way that this should have been a better team. And I understand Indiana fan is impatient. Mike Woodson's getting a lot of grief. Third year should be better. They're 14 and 13. I get all of that. They were never going to be better this year than they were last year. And they weren't great last year. Indiana shot 51%. Malik Renew had 27 points. Kaleo Ware 16 and 8. Trey uh, Galloway, 11 points, five assists. They shot 51% and weren't in that game at the end. The down eight at half, lost by nine. Two of 15 from three. Made a lot of twos, but they were two of 15 from three. Penn State, nine of 21. That is a 21-point deficit in three-point scoring. You're not going to win that way. Doesn't matter what you do from two. Doesn't matter turnovers. Doesn't matter rebounds. If you get outscored by 21 at the three-point line, you are in huge trouble. Rebounds were even. Turnovers were even. Indiana, once again, can't shoot free throws. 14 of 25. That's 56%. That's 10, 10 points below their season average, which is terrible to begin with. They held Penn State to 45% overall, but it didn't matter. And I don't know when they uh, start mailing it in. It might be soon. It might be now. It might have been at Penn State. But four losses in a row, including home losses to Northwestern and Nebraska. You got Wisconsin at home on uh, Tuesday. Can't wait to see what the spread is on that game. Good news, Indiana fans. If you don't have Peacock, you can't watch. 7 o'clock Tuesday. Still got to go to Maryland. Still got to go to Minnesota. Michigan State at home. By the way, Michigan State lost uh, at home to Ohio State yesterday. Congratulations to the Buckeyes, but that really hurts Michigan State. Uh, system was seven and four. Great week for the system. The winners were Wake Forest, obviously. They were three point favorites over Duke. Surprising. And by the way, I'll talk to Scooter about this tomorrow. I was right. Kentucky was favored over Florida. Oh no, that's Florida's gonna be favored. That's gonna be a pick 'em. No, Kentucky's at home. I know they struggled at home in a few games. They're still at home. They're still gonna be favored over Alabama. They just are. And they were. So Wake was a winner. Arizona State was a winner. Uh, Bobby Hurley's team, <laughs> this, was, this game was set up. 
Washington State wins at Arizona on Thursday and then has to go to Arizona State on Saturday. Arizona State was a big underdog. Won that game 73-61. Wasn't close. Uh, UNLV was a winner over Colorado State as a slight favorite. They won by six. Central Florida upset Texas Tech by 14. That was a winner. Kansas State over BYU. BYU's good at home. They're not good on the road. Kansas State 84, 25th ranked BYU 74. And then Sunday, Michigan covers. I will give Scooter credit on that one. Purdue was 13 and a half. Final score, Purdue 84, Michigan 76. Purdue had made a run at the end of the first half and took a nine-point lead into the into the break, and I thought they were going to blow out Michigan in the second half. Never happened. So Purdue wins. They're 25-3, and three, but uh, Michigan covers. That's a system winner. And, of course, St. John's yesterday was a system winner as well. Slight underdog beats, beats Creighton by 14, 80-66. Um, the Houston-Baylor game, I watched most of that before I went to do uh, Bellarmine basketball on Saturday. That was a great game. Great game. Baylor at home ranked 11th. Uh, Houston ranked second. Houston, by the way, will be number one today. Uh, based on the fact that UConn lost midweek to Creighton. So Houston will be your new number one team when the poll comes out later today. They uh, went to overtime, but uh, it took them overtime, but Kelvin Sampson's team is now 24-3. and They beat Baylor 82-76 in OT. That was a fun game, man. And Baylor scored with four seconds left and and one, and the big guy could not complete it with the free throw. If he makes the free throw, they probably win the game. But if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, every day would be Christmas. UConn, uh, no trouble. A late night game in uh, stores. They beat Villanova 78-54. Good bounce back after the Creighton loss. Arizona bounces back. Fourth-ranked Wildcats beat Washington 91-75. Tennessee looks, still looks the part. They're ranked fifth. They walloped Texas A&M 86-51. A&M has gone. They've lost to Vanderbilt. They just got beat by 35. They don't want to go back to the state of Tennessee at all. Iowa State bounced back win. They beat West Virginia 71-64. Kansas over Texas 86-67. Uh, they're good in Allen Fieldhouse. They're not so good away from home. Virginia does it again. If you're betting under in these Virginia games, Congratulations. North Carolina, 54. Virginia, 44. Virginia had eight points with four minutes left in the first half. Tony Bennett's team is very offensively challenged. NBA, all right, two games tonight, by the way, uh, in the in college basketball. Miami at 10th-ranked Carolina. Carolina's 14 at home. Big favorite. Miami's 15 and 13 now. They were ranked in the top 10 at the beginning of the year. They're in trouble. Every NBA game went under the total last night. 11 games, 11 unders. You're not going to see that happen again. Tony Burke joins me in studio tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.